Welcome to The How of Business with your host, Henry Lopez, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here is your host. Welcome to The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez, and this episode is focused on helping you create your financial projections for your business plan. Financial projections, or they're also called financial performas, are, in my opinion, perhaps the most important part of a business plan. I think it's the only way to project if your business model has the potential to be profitable and if the business is worth the investment of your time and money. To receive more information about the Howa business, including links to the show notes page for this episode, and you're going to want to go there to download uh, a sample financial performa or financial projection spreadsheet, and also to find information about my next online financial projections workshop. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. But to get those things, that information, and the free download of an example spreadsheet that is the financial projections, just go to thehowofbusiness.com and go to the show notes page for this episode. On episode 382 of the How of Business podcast, I shared my experiences and tips with creating an effective business plan. In that episode, I mentioned how critical the financial projections part of the plan are. It's what helps you validate the financial viability of your business idea and model, and it's what a lender most is most interested in typically. What are your projections for how much profit this business idea might make and by when? Those are some of the critical questions that we're trying to answer for ourselves, for our investors, for, and potentially for lenders about this business idea that we have. Now, remember that it's just a projection. While it's critical, it's important not to lose sight of the fact that these are just projections. They're estimates. We can't foresee every possible scenario, like what might happen uh, to the economy or the impact of another pandemic or government regulation changes or the market shifting. All of these things and more, which are out of our control, obviously, can have a significant impact on the actual performance of our business. But that is not a valid reason to skip or discredit the value of projecting your financial performance and validating, at least on paper, that you can make a profit, that you have the potential to make a profit with your business model and that it's worth your investment. I encourage you to go to thehowabusiness.com, go to the show notes page for this episode, and there you can download a free example of a financial performa if you're at a place right now where you can follow along in this conversation. It's not required. You can still listen and you're going to get a lot of value out of this, but you may want to follow along if you want to pause now and go download that financial performa or come back and listen to it again. And definitely stay tuned for more information about the upcoming online workshop where we're going to do a deeper dive on preparing your financial projections. So let's step through what I think are the key components to an effective financial projection. I use a spreadsheet. I use Excel to create this. You could use uh, Google Sheets or whatever other tool, but a spreadsheet tool is what you need to create these projections. These This is beyond the you know, so-called back of the envelope or quick calculations. We're talking about pretty detailed calculations here. You do not have to be a math wizard, so don't worry about that. That's why we use a spreadsheet. The spreadsheet does the math for you. And again, you can download the sample financial projection spreadsheet that I have on the howabusiness.com so you don't have to go create this from scratch. You'll have to adjust it and modify it for your particular business, but it's a great starting point. 
So what is the first part of it? The first part of the financial projection, and I have these in tabs, if you can envision that on the spreadsheet, or if you're looking at it now, those tabs are across the bottom of the Excel spreadsheet. The first tab or the first section is the what I call the six-year P&L, and P&L stands for profit and loss. Now, as to the window of time, you know, I've seen everything from one, uh, to, excuse me, three years to as much as six years. And I get it. When you're out there in year four or five, six, you're really guessing and projecting. But it's important to do so. And you'll see how it all comes together here as we walk through the different components. You have to try to extrapolate what those numbers might look like so that you can make certain decisions about the financial viability of your business. So the six year, in my case, PL. When I'm looking at it, what it has is columns, and each column represents a year, one through six. And then I have rows that represent primarily two things. What are my projected revenues, the sales that I'm going to make through this business? And I might have multiple sources of revenues. And the sample spreadsheet, you see that there are a few lines there, and you can adjust it depending on the different products or services that you sell. But what are your projected revenues year by year for your business. And then this next section are the expenses. What are our variable? Those are the expenses that vary depending on what we sell, how much we sell, and our fixed expenses. Those expenses like the rent, if you're going to lease a commercial space that you have to pay regardless of whether you sold $100,000 or $0. So you calculate and you estimate all of those expenses to come up with then your revenues minus your expenses give you your profit, your potential profit. And then we need to subtract from that as well something called debt service, which is that loan, if you're going to get a loan for your business, that you have to pay back and what is that monthly payment annualized. So we subtract that to get it what we call a net profit. And the only thing we're not including in here that you don't typically include in financial projections are your federal taxes, because that is that really depends very uniquely on your personal situation. We're just looking at the expenses of the business, and then separately, you'd have to talk to your CPA about the, what the potential personal impact is on taxes. So that's the P&L, the profit and loss, which is that first high-level view multiple years, typically three to six years. The work here is in estimating those revenues and also in then in estimating the expenses. I'll come back to some common mistakes, but that's the first part of the spreadsheet. The second tab or the second section of the financial projection that I recommend is that you take year one and you break it down by month. So now on this tab or this section, of my spreadsheet, my columns represent the months, one through 12, and the rows still represent my revenues and my expenses. But now I'm breaking down that year one P&L, that year one profit and loss statement, projected profit and loss statement on a monthly basis. And there's several reasons why that's important. One is so that I can more accurately plan a realistic ramp up. So common mistake I see is people think, well, we're, we're going to be at full capacity in production and sales in month one. The reality is that it takes some time to ramp up. Maybe it's a completely new business. People need to know about you. You got to get the word out. You have to market and, and the sales or revenues ramp up over time for most people. 
So by breaking it out by month, it gives you an opportunity to lay out a realistic ramp up on your revenues. And so the spreadsheet allows for that. And then similarly for your expenses, like for example, you might have negotiated in your lease, if you need commercial space, that you get the first month free. Well, you'll be able to reflect that then in the month by month breakdown for year one of your projected P&L. Everything else is still the same. The math is still the same. Your revenues or sales minus your expenses gives you your profit. Then you take out whatever debt service, that loan that you might be paying to a bank, and that gives you your net profit. The other key thing, and perhaps the most valuable thing that the month by month year one breakdown gives you is you're going to calculate your cumulative working capital needs. So in a realistic financial performa, financial projection, you're not going to likely be profitable in month one. You may not even be profitable by the end of year one. Every business is completely different. So there is no rule on this. But generally speaking, I find that most small businesses are going to end up being profitable anywhere between you know month six and maybe one to two years out at the most. That's just a general rule of thumb. The farther out, the higher the risk. And the, the more closely you have to look at and make sure that the business model makes sense. Remember my point about one of the key outcomes of doing this planning is to validate that your business model makes financial sense. So we're looking at on a monthly basis now in this year one PL, in what month will I break even? And if you're being honest and you've plugged in realistic numbers, and if you have a profit in month one, then I would challenge you to think about, are you being realistic? Now, there are exceptions. You might already have a book of business. You might already have established revenues or contracts in place. And so you're going to start from day one in a profitable situation. That is rare in my experience. So be realistic about that ramp up time. And what you're calculating is, and you'll see it at the bottom of the sample spreadsheet on the year one PL is accumulation of those month by month losses until you get to that point where now your revenues or your sales are greater than your expenses and you begin to generate a profit. But here's the key thing to working capital that most people overlook. To get there, I need to add up those cumulative monthly losses and see how much working capital I need to get through launch and to where I'm starting to make a profit. That all gets added, that number, that working capital number gets added to the startup expenses, which we'll get to in a moment. So to recap, on the year one p &L, I'm breaking it down by months, primarily so that I can adjust for a, a normal or realistic ramp up on revenues. Again, the idea is that for rarely for most businesses, are you going to be at 100% in month one? It's going to take you some time to land customers, to bring in customers, to, to start generating revenues. And so you want to be realistic about that. And then your expenses, you might make some adjustments there on ramp up as well. But then you're going to also have to factor in your debt. And then you're going to see 
how much money you're going to need in the bank as reserve or working capital to cover your expenses until you get to break even. You'll notice in the sample spreadsheet, if you happen to be following along with it now, as you listen to this, that break even is in month eight in my example. And this is just an example, right? This is no business in specific. But in month eight, when you come down to the bottom of that tab and you look at profit, that profit section, you'll see that even after debt service that I've put in here, there's a profit of $411. So that is the break even month. From then on out, hopefully, the business continues. There's no guarantee of that. The business continues now to increasingly generate profits. Just as an aside, that's one of the reasons, though, to that point why we want to continue to always have a working capital reserve in case something unforeseen happens and we dip back to a month or two where we go into the negative, like what happened to, of course, a lot of businesses during COVID. And those that had reserves or were able to get help in time uh, were able to make it through. Others had to close their business because of that. Again, that's an extreme unforeseen. The reality for most of us is that we have other unforeseens that might just hurt us for a month and we might need to dip into cash reserves. This point about the cash reserves and the working capital, this is the number one thing that I see people making a mistake on because they're trying to launch their business with limited resources like all of us do, especially when you're starting your first business you tend to want to cut corners on adding that amount to what you need to get started. And that is a fatal mistake. You have to do this exercise to calculate how much working capital you're going to need because your revenues will likely not cover your expenses for some period of time. The next section in the financial projections is your startup expenses, your projected startup expenses. The money or capital that you're going to have to come up with up front to get this business started. And again, if you've got the sample spreadsheet in front of you, you'll see some typical items that belong in this category. I'll rattle off a few of them. Uh, deposits that I might need to put on a, a lease or utilities. I may have to spend money to, to remodel that space so that it fits my business needs. I may need equipment, fixtures, uh, all other things that I need to produce the product that I'm going to sell, for example. I need insurance, liability insurance. I might need workers' compensation insurance. I'm going to have some startup expenses. I definitely want to have a budget for startup marketing so that I can do a grand opening and get the word out about my business. So I need to budget for that. And then remember, as we just talked about, I need to bring into this, what is that working capital or operating capital that I need to get me through that first initial period of time until I break even. So I have to factor that in. And then I always like to add a contingency, uh, five to 10% depends on, on what might make sense for your particular business, because uh, these are just projections as we talked about. So I factor that in to cover a margin of error. And so I'll add 10%. So as you'll see, as an example in the sample spreadsheet, in my example, I came up with a total capital requirement, total money that we need to start this business of 158,876. Again, this is just an example. Yours might be tremendously less than that. It might be more. It just depends on the business. But that analysis in itself is very important in calculating how much I need. Often, 
When I work with clients starting their first business, I have them start here. Even if it's just quick, high-level estimate, because this number, this total capital required number, will give you a reality check of, okay, if it's $158,000, where is that money going to come from? And I'll talk more about that in a moment. But that is this third section of the projected financial projections is the startup capital, those things that you're going to have to spend out of pocket before you even open your doors for business, before you generate dollar one, you'll have to have this investment before you can get started. And the final part of financial projections, as you'll see in the sample spreadsheet, is calculating your return on investment, your ROI. This is at the end, the most critical math because it's what's going to help you determine is this, does this make financial sense? Does this business model that I have uh, projected here, that I have modeled in this financial projection, does it make sense financially? And of course, this is subjective. What might make sense to you may not make sense to me and vice versa. But there are certain questions that it'll help you answer that then you can make a decision on as to whether the business model is solid enough for you to move forward or if you need to adjust something or move on to another idea. So let's step back for a moment and talk about that capital requirement. In my example, just for purposes of conversation here, I had come up with a total of $158,000 that I need to start this business. So you have to decide where's that money gonna come from? Do I have the cash? And so I'm gonna put it in as cash or am I gonna borrow a percentage of it from a bank? Maybe it'll be a, an SBA loan from a bank or do I have investors that I'm either gonna borrow money from or they're going to put money in and return for a piece of the business and return for equity? You gotta think through those things and then figure out where this money is coming is going to come from. Let's just use as an example that I'm going to borrow money from a bank, let's say maybe an SBA loan. So the reality of that situation is that you're probably going to have to come up with at least 20% of your own cash, and then the bank might lend you 80%. It might be 70%, but let's just use that as the example. And that's the example that you'll see in the sample spreadsheet that you can download from the howabusiness.com. So if I take my required startup capital, as I said, 158,000, 80% of that is about 127,000 that I would get in a loan, leaving the cash portion, at about $31,000 in cash. So that's what I'm going to have to come up with from my savings, from my resources. And depending on the type of loan, there are restrictions on where that money can come from, like somebody else can't lend it to you. So make sure you're clear on that when you start talking to a banker as to what the restrictions are there. In our example here, let's continue with that. I'm going to put in my cash, 31,000, I'm going to borrow about 127, and that's how I'm going to fund the start of this business. That's how I'm going to come up with the 158,000 that I need to get launched. And remember that that 158 includes what I calculated for working capital to get me through that startup phase up to break even and then some. So what the ROI calculation does is I look at the most important, I think, component, which is my cash portion, that $31,000, 
how long will it take until the business generates enough profit that I could potentially distribute to myself to make up or to return to me that cash investment? That's the key component. And it also highlights the value of leveraging other people's money. You may have heard that term before, the value of taking on debt for something like this. You may have heard of Robert Kiyosaki. He's, he's written several books, including one of my favorite books called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And a lot of great takeaways from that book. That book really, for me, I read it, oh boy, I don't know, 30 years ago. And it really changed, helped me change my mindset as to how I think about what is an asset and what's a liability. And also he talks in that book about how to think about debt. So since we're talking about potentially incurring debt to start your business, a loan of some sort, whether it's from a bank or a private individual or both, it's important to think about debt here. And Robert Kiyosaki explains it very well. He says, quote, I use debt to buy assets. Most people use debt to buy toys and liabilities. Now, if you read the book, or you're familiar with the book, you know he has a very strict definition as to what an asset is. Essentially, nothing is an asset unless it generates income for you. And this business that you're starting, ideally, and that's one of the reasons you're doing the financial projections, has the potential to generate income for you. So in that application of it, although in the book it's mostly around real estate and other things, in my opinion, a small business has the potential to become a great asset that generates income for you. Therefore, acquiring debt can be a good thing. It doesn't come without its risks, of course, but is a good thing. It's good debt by comparison to acquiring debt, let's say, to buy a car, even though that might be very necessary. It's not a good use of debt because that is something that depreciates. Hopefully your business will appreciate. And then he also says, quote, good debt is a powerful tool, but bad debt can kill you. So not going to go much deeper into that. There's a lot of other components. I would encourage you to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad if you haven't, because I think that the fundamentals in that book apply to just your philosophy on financials and certainly how you think about investing. So the, the point of that side conversation is that I have found it challenging. It was for myself and when I work for, with people that are starting their first business to understand the value of leverage. And by leverage, I mean leveraging another source of money. We want to put into our business, ideally, the optimum amount of our own cash. That's usually as little as possible, but not necessarily. I use the term optimum purposefully because there is a, a balance there. And, and you do need to, in my opinion, put in skin in the game, your cash into it. Now, remember on the loan part, as I mentioned a moment ago, for most of us, when you go get that business loan, if you were to qualify, you are personally guaranteeing that loan. So keep that in mind. But that's for another another episode. So that's a critical point. Coming back to then the part that I want to calculate how soon the business will pay back to me is my total cash investment. And to recap again, in my example, I determined I needed $158,000 to start this business. I'm going to get a loan for 80% of that. 
that leaves about $31,000 that I have to come up with in cash. And as you'll see, if you have the financial projection spreadsheet in front of you now, when you go to the ROI tab or the ROI section in this spreadsheet, based on these fake numbers in year three, I have a, a, a return cumulative of about $28,000. So it looks like it's beginning of year four that I would make back my $31,000. Now, the question immediately is, is that good? Is that bad? How does that compare? There is no right answer on that. I have a rule of thumb. A lot of other business owners and entrepreneurs that I know have a similar rule of thumb. And that is that I look for a business when I do the financial projections that will return my cash investment in between three to five years, with five years being the most far out. Uh, I'll give you an example. When I invested in a car wash business where it was a longer-term proposition, a piece of real estate, we built a building, equipment that lasts you know 10-plus years, there my horizon understandably was farther out. It was not going to be realistic because of the investment in that type of a project that I would make back my cash in year three. It was more like year five or year six. On another business like this fake business that I've plugged in the numbers for in this projection, I probably wanted to be closer to the three than to the five or six year range. Again, there's no hard rule on this. It's what your tolerance level is and what, what you think is the possibility of this business. Of course, the longer out, the farther out it's going to take for you to recoup your investment, the higher the risk. Because more things can happen in that period of time that could impact your business negatively, and so the risk is higher. The reward might be potentially higher, but the risk is higher as well. So that's the key thing that I'm looking to calculate when I'm calculating ROI. That comes at the end. That comes after all of the hard work of plugging in and estimating your revenues, your expenses, your break-even point, your working capital, what you're gonna need to start the business, all of that money. How are you going to come up with that money? How much of it are you going to borrow or get investors? And then you arrive at calculating this ROI. Yes, this is a lot of work, but it's don't be afraid of it because you think you're not good with math or good with financials. I'm not good with math either. Leverage the spreadsheet, take advantage of the example that you can download at thehowabusiness.com and get help. Get help with completing this if you need to. So that leads to a common question, where do I get these numbers, right? And uh, that also can lead to if you don't do the right work on making something up that doesn't help you because you have to be as realistic as possible for this to be of any value to you in your decision making and in forecasting. So let's talk about some, some potential sources for these numbers that you're going to plug into this spreadsheet to make these calculations. And this is not an all-inclusive list, but here are some ideas. Obviously at the highest level, it's about research, research, research. Gotta do your homework. You have to search on the internet. Maybe you can get some industry standards. You're gonna have to do some homework about what are the expenses in particular that go into this business? What does this product or service sell for in my market? 
Of course, that's a lot harder if it's a brand new product or service because you have nothing to compare it to. But if it's something that somebody else is offering, maybe not even in your market, in another market, and you can do the research on what are they selling it for, then that, of course, is huge. You're going to need to get some quotes, for example, on the insurance part, on, an, on the alarm system, maybe, on the internet expense, on the phone expense. Those things you, you can get some quotes on to plug in some realistic numbers. When it comes to commercial space, if this business requires a physical place, you can certainly start to get some idea of how much that would cost. Simply by calling on the signs that are placed at commercial spaces and asking what the rental rates are, and that is a, a little complicated, or maybe you get some help with a commercial broker, which I suggest, you can start to get a sense for, all right, if I need 2,000 square feet, and I need it to be in class A shopping center, a really high visibility, high-end shopping center, what is that gonna cost on a monthly basis? You can get those numbers. It's gonna take some effort, it's gonna take some work, it's gonna take some phone calls, it's gonna take working with a broker perhaps, but you can get those numbers. Uh, industry groups are another great source. You might decide in part of your research, You know, going back to the car wash industry as an example, the car wash industry has a great industry group that puts on an annual conference and then regional groups that put on even uh, more frequent conferences and sessions. And at those, there's a lot of opportunity to talk to other owners, to talk to suppliers, to vendors, to distributors. And this applies to just about every industry. And I was looking at, at one point, at perhaps getting into the coin-operated laundry business. And in that industry, the distributors play a huge role in helping you with coming up with these numbers. And of course they help you with uh, finding, sourcing and financing the equipment in that particular industry. So that's another great source, suppliers, vendors, distributors. I mentioned of course a coach or a mentor, a coach like myself or a mentor. Get help with this, especially if this is your first time putting one together. The, the most valuable thing that I can do for you as a coach or any mentor is to challenge you on your projections. Because that's, again, one of the biggest areas of mistakes is you overestimate, you overinflate the revenue potential. Maybe you forget about certain expenses because you haven't done it before, which is normal. And so that's what you're gonna get most valuable from a coach or a mentor reviewing your performa, reviewing your financial projections and giving you feedback. It's one reason why you might wanna go the franchise route. while the franchisor up until the point you sign a franchise agreement can't give you specific numbers. They are often able to share some general numbers in the financial disclosure document, the franchise disclosure document rather. And you're also able to talk to other existing franchisees during your vetting process and they can share with you specifics about how much are they spending on this or how long did it take them to get to break even? So that is one of the great benefits of potentially considering a franchise business. Now, even for a franchise business, you create financial projections. Don't assume that because it's a franchise, automatically the business model will make money for you. That's not the way it works. Also, a lender could uh, give you feedback. In fact, they will give you feedback if it's part of applying for a loan. And when you submit to them your financial projections, 
you can bet that they're going to have some questions and it's going to help you validate your projections. So those are some ideas on where the numbers come from. Let me recap on some common mistakes. Overestimating your revenues. I can't say that enough times. You really have to put the effort into being realistic and being conservative on your revenue projections, especially in that first year or however long is realistic for your type of business to ramp up. And related to that, being unrealistic about your pricing. So the going price in the market is $100 for this thing, but because you're going to deliver excellent service, you're going to get $125. You really have to challenge yourself as to how realistic that is. What is the realistic price that thou allows you to extrapolate what are realistic revenue projections? Another common mistake is not including all of the expenses that you're going to have associated with this business. And it might seem trivial, but these things add up and you got to make sure you capture all of those. I can't say enough times also how important and what a big mistake it is to cut short on working capital. You have to be honest and calculate how much money you're going to need to get to break even. And then depending on the type of business, how much ongoing working capital you need. If it's the type of business, for example, that is going to have receivables where you deliver your product or service now, but you get paid later, then you have a cash flow challenge in that business. And the thing that gets you through that sometimes is having enough working capital. This is even beyond the startup now. I'm talking about as a regular operation of the business. Where will that money come from if you don't collect as fast as you thought you were? You either need to have capital reserves or you need to have a credit line. So you have to think about that. That's another common mistake. Of course, not including your debt service, as we call it, that monthly payment. If you do go the route of getting a loan, you have to include that in your financial projections. Not determining a return on investment. That was the last part that I walked through of the financial projections and is perhaps the biggest question does this business make sense financially for the investment I'm making of my time and my money? I mentioned at the beginning an online workshop that I'm offering. Check online for the next dates. Go to thehowabusiness.com. This is called Financial Projections for Small Business. And so go out to the How a Business and you'll see on the homepage as well as on the show notes page for this episode when the next workshop is. And during this live online workshop, that I'll be conducting, I'll guide you in deeper step-by-step through this process that I've touched on and I've highlighted here in this episode on creating your financial projections or performa for your proposed business. And of course, the advantage of it being a live workshop is that you can ask questions as we're going through it to make sure that by the end of the workshop, you're going to have completed your first draft of a financial projection. It won't be perfect. It won't be complete but it'll get you started and you'll have a great first draft of your financial projections. So be sure to join me for the next financial projections for small business online workshop. And I call it a workshop purposely because this isn't me lecturing. It's going to be me walking you through as you are also walking through the same sample spreadsheet so that again, you walk away with a good first draft or a good starting point of your financial projections. So remember, if you haven't already, to go to thehowabusiness.com, go to the show notes page for this episode, 
That's where you'll find more information about the online workshop and also the free download, which is the sample financial projections spreadsheet. So to summarize this episode, what I want you to take away from this conversation is that your financial projections should help you validate your business model. Can you potentially make money with this proposed business? And the biggest mistake is not doing it at all, not not bothering to do financial projections, either because you're afraid of the math or you just believe so much in a business that you're just convinced it's going to make money. That's a huge mistake in my experience. Or the other big mistake, as I highlighted, is that you exaggerate your revenues and how soon you're going to break even. And the biggest reason small businesses fail is a lack of cash. So you must include and budget for enough working capital to get you through break-even and then on an ongoing basis in case something unexpected happens. So I encourage you, before you launch a business, to complete some level of financial projection. And in my opinion, it's the most important part of your overall business plan as you're planning for that first business. I wish you the best in your new business endeavors. This is Henry Lopez. Thanks for joining me for this episode of The How of Business. We release new episodes every Monday morning, and you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts and at our website, thehowofbusiness.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information about our coaching programs, online courses, show notes pages, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.